0: Shana tova. So good to be here with all of you. So Rabbi Ingber, my holy friend and teacher and inspiration, asked me to speak to you about the Akedah, about the binding of Isaac. And I'm always delighted to do what Reb David asks. And when I sat down at the computer, I said, "Oi, I'm not being cute. That's really what I said." So I'll tell a story to explain why. On a Shabbat afternoon in college, a while ago, I was sitting with a young Jewish man and we were discussing a disturbing story in Torah. And we were talking about obedience to God. And I asked him, if God told you to kill an infant, would you do it? And he said, yes, because God knows more than me. And I owe God my complete obedience. And I said, I would not do that even if God asked me. And he said to me, well, then how can you say that you believe in God? And I replied, as best I can remember, the God I believe in wouldn't ask. And if God did ask, God would want me to say no. The person who had that conversation a long time ago is still the person I am. I think that if the God we have is asking us to sacrifice children just to demonstrate a point, we need to seek out a better God. So as a person, as a a parent of an only child, I can't read the story or interpret it for you with acceptance of Avraham's act of faith. I can only read it with the knowledge that every day children are sacrificed to faith and tradition, children who are raised with hatred, girls who don't get an education, boys who are sent to senseless war. But I want to look at the words behind the words, the God behind the God, the God who might be speaking to us through this story, who maybe even is the real God that we are meant to meet here today on Rosh Hashanah. God calls Avraham, and Avraham answers, Hineni, here I am. And God says, take your son, Kach et Bincha, your only one, et whom you love, Asher Ahavta, Isaac, et Yitzchak. And Lech Lecha, go to Har HaMoriah, Mount Moriah, and bring him up as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Such an ironic and terrible lech lecha. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit with the first lech lecha. It doesn't fit with God's promise to make Yitzhak a nation. And even if God only wants to test Abraham, how to put Yitzhak through this terrible thing. So I want to understand. And I want, as our ancestors have done, to examine each word. Your son, your only one, whom you love, Yitzhak. So our tradition asks, why does God designate Yitzhak in these four ways? Right? Surely Yitzhak would be enough for Avraham to know who's being indicated. And the medieval commentator Rashi says, quoting a midrash, that during this conversation between God and Avraham, Avraham is stalling for time and keeps arguing that he doesn't know who God is talking about when God says, bring your son, your only one whom you love. He has two sons, Yitzhak and Yishmael. Each one is an only child to his mother, and he loves them both. And Avraham holds to indeterminacy until the last possible moment when God says Yitzchak, and then Avraham has to admit that he knows what God is asking. But I have another thought about these four names for Yitzchak. At the end of the story, when Yitzchak is spared, the angel says, do not lay a hand on the boy and do not cause him any harm. For now I know that you fear God, For you have not withheld your son, your only one, from me." And the words, your son, your only one, are a a repetition from that first call. But the words, the one you love, Yitzchak, do not repeat. Those words are missing. Half of the original sentence, the original fourfold naming of Yitzchak, has disappeared. So I want to interpret the missing half of the sentence. In taking the journey to Moriah, Avraham is willing to give everything for God, everything he has. But had Avraham seen Yitzhak not as his son and not as his only one, his, his, but as a person, he might have said. Holy One, I could prove my faith to you by offering my life, but Yitzhak's life belongs to him, and it is not mine to offer you. Sarah's only child is not mine to offer you. It is forbidden to offer a stolen offering. And that is why the words, whom you love, Yitzhak, are missing, to tell us that Avraham thought of Yitzhak as his son. And the angel had to call to remind him of Yitzchak as a person. Perhaps that angel calls to us too. We also often forget to live in the world of love. And we often feel so compelled by our sense of what we should do or what must be that we sacrifice others. And many of the actions and patterns we're here to repent arose out of Avraham's motivations a desire to be good, to be right. And many of the actions we're here to repent might not have happened had we taken a moment not to be right, but to see the soul of the person sitting opposite us. So before we distance ourselves from the story, let's remember that this is our story. I think we always hear both voices the voice of fear that says, take your son, and the voice of love that says, lay not your hand upon the child. And we have to strain, all of us, to hear the angel calling at the last moment, to hear the missing words of the hidden God. And those words are, asher ahavta, the one you love. For each of us is beloved. And each of us has the birthright to know how to love. So I want to invite forward for this Aliyah two groups of people, those who in our own lives have maybe sometimes been hearing the voice of fear and who want to hear the angel, who want to hear the voice of love. And I want to invite for this Aliyah also anyone who has been sacrificed, who feels that they have been on that altar, that you may remember that you are children and beloved before the source of all and deserve to be saved. So, if that kavana speaks to you, please rise for the salia.